This week, we here at the Beyond Beyond Belief team would just like to wish you all a very Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Ooh. I'm sorry. Jesse. Yeah. Uh, What's I up? I don't, I hate bringing this up, but as you know, we are a podcast. And so. Yeah, of course. People are listening to it every day of the year and not necessarily. In fact, most of our listeners will probably never even listen to this on Christmas Day. Oh, yeah, no. Okay, yeah, I guess that makes that makes sense. Um, so what what should I say? Do your little jingle about the um, how like uh, there's a there's a spider web of of deceit. There's a spider web of deceit. <laughs> Wait, it's a it's a jingle. It's a spider web of deceit. about to enter a world that blurs the line between fact and fiction, where truth is clouded by imagination. Five stories, some are real, some are fake. Join us as we play along with a television cult classic and go beyond, beyond belief. Hello and welcome to Beyond Beyond Belief, episode number 42. I'm Jesse Chapman. With me as always, Chris Newth. What up? Kyle Maddock. That's a fact. Tiffany Persifka. Hey there. And Mark Wahlberg. Uh, yeah, hello. Today we're reviewing season four, episode 10 of Beyond Belief, Fact or Fiction, which, if you don't know, was a 1990s TV show hosted by Jonathan Frakes that featured five stories that defied explanation. Some based on real events others totally fake. In our show, we'll summarize those stories, make our own predictions as to which are fact and which are fiction, and at the end, we'll find out the truth together. You don't even have to know what Beyond Belief is. If you like strange stories, you'll like our show. Guys, I'm just going to say it. Today's show is a weird one. It's the a sto- clusterfuck. It's, well, that, that's extreme. I but, feel like it's not like, you know, season three, episode one weird. No, but no, it's, no. It's, it's up no, there. No. It's, uh, it's, it's up close. there. There's oh, a it, is, it doesn't come anywhere near as good as season three, episode one. Season three, episode one, disagree. segment one. Oh, Octop- the octopus. Octopus oh. baby. Yeah, there's o- like octopus. Well, there uh, were... Octopussy is what I like to call it. <laughs> oh, James Bond None of us else here. like to call it that. Now, what I was saying when I said weird is just like the stories are some of the... There is, there's one in particular that I think we all liked. No, no, the the range was big. It, the range was it big. It went from extreme, what the f- heck are we looking at? Jesus Let's fucking Christ. keep the language in check. Please. Jesus Christ, Chris. To such asshole. boring. Yes, way to start the show, Chris. So boring. Well, we'll get such to it. Such a yeah. bore. Now, do you think, I had this app idea when we were watching the show. And I said, I've got an app idea. And yeah, then and Tiffany's like, like did the? you say hat idea? <laughs> I was really hoping. He was like, I got a hat idea. Oh, I thought you did say hat. Yeah. Now, I do have a, a fedora combo Perfect. with a baseball cap. Now, I th- hear me out. There are some events that make sense to wear this okay, type of thing, Jesse, too. Jesse, you had me at fedora. Wait, is, I it, love it. is it like a fedora, but then it says like New York Yankees? Yes. <laughs> you've got it, Mark. You've got it. It's embroidered. Oh, I thought it was like a baseball cap that had like four hoods. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got this app idea idea for beyond belief it's a beyond belief app and it'll you know you can like put it on your tv it's like a you know something can be on an apple tv and you basically hit play and it's a randomized episode of beyond belief with five stories from the library of beyond belief stories so it's like you know it, so w- they could all be fact yeah exactly oh it's, so so but it randomizes the stories yeah there's 45 oh. episodes of beyond you'll belief. get five random stories five random stories okay. and then and then you from any like, season yeah Ooh. i mean i i would love that after we watch the show like if we're gonna watch an episode of beyond belief how cool would it be to just be like play and it's like you get the kid in the closet then you get the red-eyed demon then you get hopefully not one of these stories 
story today that you <laughs> get the vampire story. The one thing I like about that is you can't metagame. Exactly. That. That's kind of nice where it's like there yes. could be all fact or all fiction. And you never will never know. know. You And yeah. It's not a horrible idea, kind of like a choose your own adventure, but you don't get to choose. So in a way, it's so, nothing no, like a choose your not own adventure. Just an adventure. It's, it's just it's like out. an episode of Beyond Belief. <laughs> but well, that's true. We sometimes still metagame, and it's, uh, it's like, for example, the first couple stories I usually write in my paper, fact or fiction, mm-hmm. and then the third story, if I'm not sure about it, like this one, I was like, I'll wait to see how I vote on four right. and five before I go back and. Pick my answer for three. Do you guys have a uh, a percentage that you fall back on? Like three are going to be fact, two are going to yes. be fiction. Well, that's what I, I, I always, I I always fall, fall back, back on, on the th- every, on the three two, three but, two as well. But, but but which split do you? I usually do bias? three fact, two, two fiction. fiction every okay. time. I think it's often. Oh, uh, almost every time. Well, guys, Whoa. we're going to do an intense deep dive statistical analysis after the show wraps, and we're going to have the answers. What were the most common patterns? Like, okay. was it three and two? Was it two and three? And in and how frequently was the first story fact? What if we yeah. find out that like seventy eight percent of the time the first story was always fact? I'm going to be so mad because we should have just always gone with that i'm i'm excited i feel really strongly about my answers this week and i'm feeling good about are it. you the i think you're the only one who actually goes through and figures them out before we talk is that I, true i sometimes mm-hmm. write them down but i never am beholden to that i, I don't think about it till we start talking about it huh mark what do you do do you like write things down ahead i of time? used to then halfway through us doing this show i just stopped taking notes and oh, isn't that, that when you started your losing score went down <laughs> yeah it is when i started losing there is a correlation there's correlation <laughs> you tiffany i tend to write down maybe like if i have strong feelings on a couple of them okay i'll, I'll put it off to the side and then let the chips notes. fall where they may in the other yeah ones. but it's funny because i always feel it's a three two split but i would always rather like just guess like a, a fourth true just because you can't just say oh i've already done three facts, no you can't do that because one of those is wrong next thing i know that's why i get twos out of fives <laughs> all the time right all right well let's dive into the stories starting with story number one which is called moonstruck beach it was gone I could have sworn I saw a woman's body lying in that same exact spot. There was nothing there. I must have seen a shadow, but it looked so real from up there. I needed to relax and figure out why I was seeing things. But then things kept getting stranger. Welcome back, Bob Wolderstorff and Mike Scott, our classic Beyond Belief writers today who bring us Moonstruck Beach. Kyle. This is your story. You're going to give us a summary. What happened here? So this story revolves around Valerie Sims, who is having a bit of a midlife crisis. She's always wanted to be an author, and she's going to try to make it happen. So she rents a cabin on Moonstruck Beach, and she's going to write the great American novel. And she gets a knock on the door, and she goes, and it's Jerry the caretaker. And he's just checking on her, making sure she's okay. And then the next day, she's going for a hike. And she sees a woman who has fallen off the cliff and landed dead on the beach. So she runs down to check on this body. And when she gets there, the body's gone. So later on, uh, she goes home and her computer has printed out a sheet of paper with seemingly just jumbled words and things on it. And as she's sort of holding it, she sees a reflection in the picture frame. It's saying Deanna Lindsay on this paper over and over again. She's like, who the heck is that? Jerry shows up again at her door. And he, she decides to ask him, who is Deanna Lindsay? And he's like, oh, she's a woman. She actually used to, she rented this cabin like a few years back or whatever, and she committed suicide. She jumped off the cliff. So then later, another sheet prints out from the computer, and it says, get out of the house, 
Jerry killed me. What? Shit. Shit. So she jumps in her car. Jerry, all of a sudden, oh my God, he's at the car. She sort of like hits him with his car, gets away. And then we find out that he admitted to the crime of killing Deanna Lindsay and they arrested him. Exactly. So this story is asking us to believe, can ghosts use printers? Well, (laughs) also, like, why isn't the first printout the Get warning. out of the house, Jerry killed me. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I had the same thought. You know, I what I what she my, had to type in her username. Yeah, well, exactly. No, she was trying to get her password right. My explanation for that, Chris, is very simple. In the afterlife, you're still going to deal with the common technological problems of our day, and you're going to be futzing with the wrong drivers. She's probably using an outdated OS like XP. Back in that day, you had to manually install the printer drivers. It was a nightmare. No, no, no. Yeah, but, but, well, Chris's ghostly <laughs> rules are so much funner. But, I never thought I'd say that. <laughs> no, 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 Mark. I I've got my own set of ghostly rules, and they mostly revolve around <laughs> Man, Windows when XP drivers. When you couldn't get the right drivers, it was the worst. It was so bad. It was awful. And that stuff actually did happen to me. When the printout came out all garbled, I was like, "That I've actually had that problem. I've never seen the garbled printout You've never before. seen the garbled? No. You must have had great printers. I've only maybe, seen the test print when you first look up your printer and it prints out that test oh, sheet. Oh, and it's got the gradient of colors. Yeah, it's, it's gradients and different things. And guys, this is why this episode is as boring as we <laughs> talked about it being. Chris, yeah. here is uh, the reasoning. Frakes gave it to us. He said, Jerry, the killer, was just trying to mess with her. That I he wrote was, that down. He I was thought, going into her house, and he was printing like the why name. Why would he do How that? convenient. Because She's he going was playing a psychological game, Mark. Yeah, but why not just kill her? Because he was toying with his food, Mark. He's the best killer we've seen since <laughs> Hannibal Lecter. He's on the Lecter. level of Hannibal Lecter. He targets yes, women who are going through full-blown midlife crises. He wears amazing crises. sweater vests. Um, it feels very fake to me. It's so yeah. fake. What's I mean, the kernel of truth? The story kind of gets out of control, but really all that has to happen is a man who killed a woman at uh, a cabin one year, then tried to kill the woman who also rented it the next year and she got away. Like Here's technically the, that's yeah. all that really has to happen. Here's the truest part of the story. It's a writer who loves to procrastinate. Oh, we <laughs> all can agree. We can all agree Just on Just write your fucking book. I mean, let's. <laughs> we forgot to mention that after all these murders happened and everything, she went back to her home and wrote her first book, Moonstruck Beach. Inspired by a true story. And maybe this story is a fake story that contains a story inspired by mm-hmm. a true story. The only thing about stories like this, though, is this whole idea of like, yeah, and justice was served, and I wrote my best-selling book. And I'm like, how many people have to die to have people write their best-selling books? I know. Like, it's a tragedy. How know? many people do I have to kill? <laughs> no, Mark. Mark's been trying to write his book for a while, guys, and um, he's up to three victims now. <laughs> Those bodies have never been found. I find it very refreshing that um, usually the technology in the show is very outdated. We're watching it from 20 years ago. But we still have printers today. And I was like, okay. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, we, we even stuff. have 3D printers now. With that, let's move on to predictions. I'll go first. Do I think it's possible that this uh, woman got away from a killer? Yeah, I do. I am going to go fact on this one. Tiffany. Um, I think I'm going to go with my initial gut. I'm also going to go fact. All right, Mark. I feel like if this happened and she wrote a book about it, we would have seen the movie by now that argument has never worked never for us. <laughs> but well, keep going never keep going works. what lies beneath is that similar enough it's kind of it's kind, kind of yeah fiction chris if this were real and i'm not saying that it is or it isn't but if it is real i will after this show be reading the book and i'll report to you next week but i'm gonna say it's fiction kyle 
You guys, two of you went fact and two of you went fiction. You're the. I was so excited that I was breaker. going last. On you're this the tiebreaker. <laughs> Damn it! What do you? What's your gut telling you? Um, I think there. There's not enough coincidental stuff. There's too many things in this story that are just out of left field fiction. All right. So Kyle's going to go fiction. And with that, we've all made our predictions. But there is one more prediction we like to make. Each week we flip a coin. Heads is fact and tails is fiction. And we do that to see if we can beat random chance. Let's find out. All right, the coin is going to vote fact on this story. At the end of the show, we'll find out the answers to all the stories and if the coin has beaten us or not. And we're going to move on now to story number two, which is called Healing Hands. How's Mrs. Atkins doing? She's not getting any better. Her blood pH levels are down and her blood pressure is extremely low. Well, it's likely she'll never come out of that coma. It's just sad that she has to be alone at a time like this. Well, then you'll be glad to know. The hospital's been able to locate Mrs. Atkins' son. Oh, really? Is he going to come see her? Well, he's in the Navy, stationed on a ship in the Bering Sea. But he is trying to arrange a leave. Healing Hands is about Nurse Joni Patton. And Nurse Patton has a 3.8% Southern accent, I would say. Is that about accurate for you guys? Sure. It was really low. It was she had a very... Ingenue accent. Yeah, it was strange, but she had every like 18th word. She was like, you know, I noticed the man in the room and he had a interesting looking face. And I was like, what was what just <laughs> happened? So, she looked a little Southern. It's true. This story is about Nurse Patton, and basically she's a new nurse at Mercy Hospital. She's taking care of this patient uh, named Ruth Atkins. Ruth has this rare condition. No one can figure out what's going on. Her vitals are up, her vitals are down, and uh, suddenly there's a man that is in uh, Ruth's room, and the nurse sees this woman uh, being cared by this guy and her fellow nurse who has a real snarky attitude in this episode. Uh, she's like, oh yeah, I think uh, that's the reverend or something. I didn't see him, but I'm sure that someone called her church. And basically, with this guy's presence, her vitals improve to such a degree that uh, even though it was real touch and go at first, she recovers fully and that allows her to see her son, who was traveling from far away, he was uh, in the Navy and like on a remote uh, mission, but he was able to come back and see his see his mom. So it's a very basic story, very straightforward. Um, in the end, we find out that was her husband who had died two years prior. It wasn't the Reverend. So the story is asking us to believe, can ghosts come back and visit people? Very classic beyond belief. So much so <laughs> that there's no twist here uh, of surprise to any of us. We called we, we it. We were um, all shocked. No, yeah. but yeah. if someone were new to this show and watching this for the first time, oh, they would yeah. probably be like, holy oh, shit. Whoa. You mean if someone were new to the show and they lived in the 90s and hadn't seen modern like TV shows and movies? Because I don't see anybody currently watching this and being like, holy shit. Maybe he never not. talks. No one ever. I mean, anyone saw The Sixth Sense is going to be like, yeah. Mm. Well, and also, yeah. this is one of those types of stories that I really kind of is my pet peeve uh, for listeners who have been following my personal journey on this podcast is the single source <laughs> narrative. Yeah. Personal journeys. We all need to solidify our personal journeys, Kyle. And my personal journey is I don't like single source <laughs> stories. Um, it's it's <laughs> Nurse uh, Nurse Patton is the only person who sees this guy. If we had one other person that was like, oh, yeah, I see him too. Anything. But like, yeah. no. So it's like either A... She's completely lying about this and making it up. Or B, 
she's just wrong about it or see a ghost came back from beyond. But like, it's probably <laughs> A or B. Like she, she could have seen an old man in the room and it could have been the Reverend maybe. And then she mistook him in the picture that the wife shows. Oh, that's, this is my husband. Maybe it was just two old men that looked alike. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I think that's one of my biggest issues with this story and stories like this too, is when really it could have just been any older white male. And like, and then she sees a picture and she just attributes someone that she saw from afar originally and she attributes it to the person in the picture and since that seems so believable to me like i could easily see someone claiming that this this is is true yeah this is true this happened yeah i mean she already explains that she's more or less religious and that she wants she wants to believe in miracles so she's gonna kind of connect the dots herself she has that bias yeah yeah this also struck me as a bottle episode like just super cheap they were in two two rooms. It was like a hospital counter and the hospital waiting room. That's all you area. need. Cost so yeah. much all to, you need. to shoot at Moonstruck Beach. That day. <laughs> Moonstruck yeah. Beach blew out that budget. Chris, how's it fit into the ghostly rules? Um, it, totally believable. You have this uh, uh, an entity that shows up that one person can see uh, that no one else does. I I feel like that's totally plausible within what we've always known uh, this show to do. Yeah, it's very straightforward, I feel like. Is there any kernel of truth that we're not exploring here? I'm just like kind of looking around. It seems so straightforward. I'm looking around at everyone's face here. We're just all like, Well, "Eh." my thing is, I feel like we have time to talk about how I I love how Mark's normal stance is to rest his nose on the screen in front of his microphone. I've noticed that. It's like, is that how you correctly distance your mouth from the mic? No, it's just kind of lazy. It's just easier to just kind of fall forward. (laughs) How does your laziness manifest in your in your life other than that? Like, what's one example of where you find yourself just, like, a, a consciously, uh, I shouldn't be this lazy, but I am? We have a minute more to kill, so go ahead, Mark. <laughs> like, is this a callback to not writing a novel? I, hey, I mean, if you if you still need to push your novel in, how many more victims are you going to get? He's you pushing know? his novel and he's pushing his nose into the screen. <laughs> it's, it's like he's pushing a lot. He's pushing a lot. Sometimes you turn on the TV and it's really loud. But the remote is too far away to grab to turn it down. This so you is just such sit a good there example. And you watch a TV and it's blaring. All right. Well, with that, let's go on to predictions. What just happened? Which, that was more exciting than this story. That's what just happened. Oh, no, guys. Let's talk about printers some more and how they're not that different than they were back then. <laughs> Tiffany, you're up first. Factor fiction on this one. Oh, you guys gave me a lot of good, helpful stuff at uh, mm-hmm, the end of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that this is a sort of thing that this woman believes to be true. And so I'm going to go fact. All right, Mark. Uh, I'm going to say the same thing that Tiffany said. Fact. Okay, Kyle. Did somebody see a ghost? Sure. Yeah, fact. All right. (laughs) I'll go next. Uh, I think that this story feels so basic that if it were true, I think the writers would actually exclude it because they've done so many more interesting versions of this story. Mm. So for that reason, I think that they wrote it because they didn't have another... Uh, story in the in the can that was a fact-based story. So I'm going to go fiction. Okay, Chris. My only problem with that theory is that if they did write it, they wrote a really boring story. And I feel like that is not something they would do. It's so the 11th I'm hour. S- it's the 11th hour, Chris. Or again, they, they wrote boring on purpose. Yeah. They wrote boring They couldn't well. get to Moonstruck Beach. I'm how going, are they going to do? How are they going to break fact, guys. Walk? He's going fact. I'm going fact. He's going fact. All right. We've all locked in our predictions. Let's flip a coin. Coin is going to vote fact as well. I am on the lone fiction boat on this one, guys. I'm okay. I've been here before. Mm -hmm. I've lost before. (laughs) Let's move on to story number three, which is called Aspen Sunnyside. 
What? Sunny side. Yeah, I'll, I'll take, take um, I'll take the mask and sunny side with that side of hash browns. <laughs> Peter was using all his outdoor experience to survive. He knew he must be going into shock, and he couldn't see how anyone would ever find him in time. CJ, CJ, over here. Gary, is that you? Peter's in trouble. What? He went off the trail, and he's hurt. Get a search party together now. How do you know this? Just do it. Or Peter will die. <laughs> Tiffany, you're going to print out some documents on this story. What happened here? Um, so we're following Gary, who owns kind of like an REI, like sporting equipment store. And he's really close with his father, Peter. And they do this really intense bike ride every single year. It's like a big bonding exercise for them. And this year, Gary can't go last minute. And so Peter is riding with two of Gary's childhood friends, um, but as the two childhood friends, they're like, well, let's go get a beer. You know, Peter's like, you know what? I actually want to still take the longer way back, even though I've just said how tired I was. <laughs> so I'll meet you guys there in a couple of hours. So you cut back to Gary and weird things are happening in his office, like a bike falls and a fountain stops, even though it's plugged in. And we see as an audience that Peter has actually fallen off his bike. He's gravely injured and nobody will most likely be able to find him due to this long beaten path that he has taken. And somehow back at the store, Gary has the sense, my father's in trouble. And he's like, I have to get to Aspen right away. Then you go to the um, restaurant that the childhood friends are at. They're having their beer and they're like, oh, it's taken Peter a long time to get back. And one of them looks up and sees Gary and Gary is somehow in Aspen. And he's like, my, you know, my dad's in trouble. You have to get help. So they call, they save Peter. He just barely made it. And then Peter is talking to Gary being like, oh, thank God you came back from Aspen or I, I never would have made it. You cut back to Gary. He hasn't left the, the store, he couldn't get a flight out, so he never left Aspen. Um, but, you know, it all worked out well in the end, I suppose. Yeah, so this story is basically asking us to believe, can someone get into an accident and then can people have weird feelings that then lead to their saving? Oh. I feel like every time I call my mom or email her, she tells me this story. Like she'll be like, what's going on in your life? Oh, I don't know. My car just broke down. She'll be like, oh my God, I had a feeling your car broke down. Right. Like that happens every week for me. Yeah. I mean, I think people do have yeah. weird feelings all the time. And I like how the guy but who sees, sorry. Chris just <laughs> freaked out. <laughs> but, but wait, Hold on. But does your mom show up in like your hallway and like as like a just the figure of her saying, "Hey, Kyle, <laughs> I think your car broke down." Yeah, but My, this is the yes. I just this is so weird because why would the ghost show up as the figure of the sun when the sun didn't even realize that that it wasn't? This is not an astral projection story. You know, it's not the sun doing this on purpose. It's some some other entity disguised as the sun. Correct. Astral projection. Why? Correct. Uh, no, Wait, that's some other subconscious, entity. No, subconsciously. The son knew something was wrong with his dad, and he emotionally wanted to get there so much that he accidentally astral projected. Yes, why do not believe it. One hundred percent, guys. Why Fact. did he not just call? Exactly. Here's here's where it all phones are down. Yeah, no, what's no, he phones call? are not down. No, phones that, are not down. Who's he gonna phone? call? He's gonna call the friend in the bar. They don't have cell phones. Cell phones exist. We have caught up to cell phone technology, guys. We've had many cell phones. Actually, there is a cell phone stories. in this. Yes. I was gonna yeah. say there's okay. a cell phone in this. This is not the, 1997. The, James the, Brolin every, is not host to this. Every person having a cell phone does not exist in this no, world. No, but yet. the thing is, there's obviously a phone at the restaurant, which is a restaurant that's yeah, established that they go to all the every time. Every time, it's a it's a uh, habitual thing. And this they whole use pattern. that phone. You call the operator. Call for help. 
help to get the dad like saved. Yeah, so but you how know. does he know that they're at the restaurant at that moment? Well, I mean, you try. If yeah. you got a weird feeling that you your dad are, is in an accident, you do. Here's you the guys problem: are gone for a week, and I'm and I randomly go, "Oh my god, it's hurt." I know at this exact moment they're at that restaurant. No, but here's what you don't do. Maybe you don't do that, but you don't do this. I got a weird feeling about my dad. Holy shit. What do I do? Sit here and do nothing, which is exactly what he did. He didn't call anyone. He sat there in the office, and then the friend called him and was like, hey, or no, no, the, the dad, dad ended up calling him. He didn't do nothing. He raced to try and get on a plane. No, he didn't, by the way. Well, no, it happened off camera. Yeah, so yeah, he, he raced to get out and get on a plane, and then, then he didn't call anybody? Why would you not call anybody? You would call a few people. You would call a few people. Yeah, the hotel probably has 20 messages waiting for him when they oh, get back. Although oh, I will say, no. how many times does it happen where you're like, oh, I have a bad feeling about that, but it's probably just a stupid thing I'm thinking. I'm going to let it go. Th- this is why when I was watching <laughs> this story, I said to myself out loud, kind of like, God, this is so complicated. And then I feel like someone in the room, maybe two people were like, this is straightforward. Guys, this is so complicated. A ghost shows up in a restaurant. And let's say I'm talking to Tiffany. Is this hey, the beginning of a joke? It's a, it's, <laughs> ghost shows up in a restaurant. It says boo. And he's <laughs> like, hey, my dad's injured. As the other person, you would go, how did you get to Aspen? And why aren't you like, why aren't you uh, calling the police if your dad's injured? There would be so many questions. You wouldn't just like hear this spirit projecting you, pick up the phone, dial the police. But I think the difference is, is our complicated theory tends to be more narratively driven. So it's about stories that have details with, you know, that that are complicated. Mm. While this one, you're, and you're right, the character motivations are complicated, but does that warrant it within the same complicated Well, I'm not connecting uh, the dots there. I'm just saying, like, nothing that anyone did in this episode made any sense to me. But I don't know what that means. Probably means fact. Maybe. (laughs) Well, let's go ahead on to predictions. I can't even wrap my head around what anyone was doing in this episode. (laughs) Uh, Chris, why don't you go first? Fact or fiction? I would think that if a spirit is going to try to send some kind of warning to people that it wouldn't be a randomly disguised as the guy's son. So I'm going to say fiction. All right, Kyle. You, you're saying complicated. I think this is simple, straightforward, that a guy was worried about his dad and his friends that were there got some sort of telepathic image or message. Fact. Mark. Yeah, I'm not really sure what happened, but I think there's a kernel that feels very fact. So fact. Okay, I'll go next. Um, this this is so bizarre. I am going to go fact on this one. I just I just think that the character choices here are so convoluted that a writer would not do this. Tiffany. I don't know. I feel like the story itself feels straightforward enough. And while maybe I would have hoped that they would have written it better, it still doesn't, I don't know, I'm having a really hard time with a kernel here. So I'm going to go fiction. All right. We've all locked in our predictions. Let's flip a coin. The coins prediction is fact. And we are going to move on to story number four, which is called Nightwalker. Are you expecting someone? No. Good evening. My name is Marta. I'm your neighbor from across the street. Okay, I'm a little busy right now. I have a business proposition for you. A business proposition? Look. I know what you've done. You've stolen money from Baron Varadma. Come on in. Well, you know, we've had stories like this before, but Chris, you're going to give us a summary here. What happened here? Oh, okay. This story is about 
a garbage picker. I forget his name. Uh, he rummages through people's trash, looks up their account numbers online, and transfers money to himself. And one day he sees uh, new neighbors move in next door. He does the same thing to them. And one night, the woman knocks on his door, says, I know what you've been doing, and I'd like to work with you. You see, I hate my husband, and he treats me poorly, and I'd like to get him back. And they decide to essentially steal $25 million transferring that money into this guy's bank account. A lot of money. Lots of money. Um, the guy's really turned on. He makes out with her. Next thing you know, he wakes up on the floor. He's drugged up. <laughs> the woman ends up turning on him, steals all his money, so he has nothing left in his bank account. He's arrested for grand larceny, goes to prison, has bite marks on his neck. We find out that she flew out the window as a bat, apparently, <laughs> and he has vampire teeth now. In an insane asylum. Yes. So how could this be true? This, this story, story is, is this story is asking us to believe our vampires real. It's basically uh, he 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 stole money from vampires and they got back at him. Okay, that's what it is. We had a vampire story before, and it was true. And it yeah. was it, that it was, is it that was is true. Yes, but okay. I will say it's a little. I never thought I'd say this sentence ever. That vampire story is more believable than this vampire <laughs> yeah, story. Yeah, because it was about stealing blood, drinking blood, right? And then a guy jumping like out a window, a yes. six-story window. And it's at a hospital. Was it six stories or three stories? I mean, three is fine. He'll get like. Here's my thing, though. Th- this story is the ultimate "don't shit where you eat" story. It's yeah, like, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, don't, because don't, he was, don't steal from your neighbors. He right. was stealing you, you from. Go, go somewhere else where you don't live. And, and that's had, what he said. He mentioned that. He said, "Usually, I steal. I know what." neighborhoods to steal from and i know what day garbage pickup is and so that's why i target those i don't target my own neighborhood because it's too risky but in this case i guess it was too tempting to not also they had a really really old car that gave away that they were vampires it was like a <laughs> like a hearse with like red velvet Wait, interior the, the was, thick transylvanian accents didn't <laughs> it was the accents it was the clothes um, it was the pale skin it was the, the, car. the soundtrack it was the sound i mean it was, it was all so kyle i have a question for you you usually ask me about the ghostly rules i'm okay. gonna ask you about the vampire rules yep i was just reading a comic yeah. where jubilee from the x-men is a vampire then you're the perfect expert to ask okay. for this can vampires hide the fact that they have fangs i don't think he would have noticed her fangs why not? Um, oh, I see. Short yeah. shirt. <laughs> so short shirt. Yes. And then you just go like this. For the for for the, we're saying her breasts were so voluptuous that those were the focus instead of the fangs. Is that think, what we're saying? I, I think that was the implication. Okay, that yeah. was the okay. seemed like the type of guy who would be distracted. He okay. seemed disgusting, and there were like these really attractive women that uh, seemed to be fawning all over. No, him. But, and I was like, fiction, <laughs> fiction. But also, here's my favorite thing. Like, there's a subplot where he like gets a big score, and he's he's stolen some money, and then he invites this woman to his apartment to the, that he picked up at a bar the, that night. The big score was the vampire couple. Yeah, you get, he gets yeah. the vampire couple's money and then he invites this woman over and then you know he says the line as he's clinking champagne here's the spending other people's money and i'm like you just picked this woman up at a bar tonight yeah how why are you revealing don't give it like all a, away you're a con artist and you're telling her on night, date one you think beyond belief would have two vampire stories and they would both be fact great I question great question what if they're connected what if they're all part of the same vampire club Ooh. look we, we got a two fiction to be fiction 
We got a vampire rule. It's a little complicated. There's so many things pointing fact. Oh, okay. Let's move on to predictions. First up, Mark, you're ready. Let's hear it. Fact or fiction? Uh, (laughs) I do believe that without the vampire part, it's very believable that this could happen. And I think there's a lot of weirdos out there. He just has a vampire fetish. Fact. Okay. Tiffany. I don't know. Something about this one feels too out there where there is... I don't even know what I'm trying to say. I'm just going to go fiction. All right, Chris. I feel like we've had a vampire story that was considered fact. So I think that they wanted to throw another vampire story in and um, and trick us that way. So I'm going to say fiction. Which leads me to... I can't flip the coin and then go with what that says, right? No. no. Okay. You've never let any of us. No, yeah, okay. Rules are rules. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go fact on this one for no particular reason. Kyle. Every fiber in my being wants to believe that this is true but i don't think it is i'm gonna go fiction all right this one we've all locked in our predictions let's flip a coin the coin's predicting fact and we are going to move on to story number five our fifth and final story of the day which is called hot car the owner of the store called the cops and 20 miles down the road they caught up with us Being arrested for shoplifting and stealing a car was bad enough. But what happened next changed our lives forever. We got a dead body in here. What? Mark. Yeah? You own a hot car. It's kind of hot. Honda Civic? Hot as Civic. Hot. Hot as Civic. Not as hot as Chris's car. Ford Mustang. Really dusty. <laughs> Hasn't been washed in weeks. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna do the story summary. What happened here? It's the 1960s. Unclear. Um, Probably hippies, I think hippies so. abound. Hippies we're, abound. We're, we're following All two of them. We're following two hippies. <laughs> two hippies abound. Jared and Jenny. Um, they're hitchhiking and they stop a weird driver. This lady. She has a tattoo and she's kind of, you know, creepy. And they're like, "Hey, we're going your direction." And she's like, "Nope." And she takes off. So, anyways, they get a ride with a truck driver, and they stop in a town, and they go to a general store, and then they're hungry, so Jared steals some food, and then the, the guy who runs the store chases them out, and they uh, they see a car, a Mustang. Really dusty. Hasn't been washed in weeks. Um, the, the viewer who's paying attention will understand that this Mustang is the same Mustang that the creepy girl was driving earlier. Anyways, they jump into the Mustang, they take off, they get pulled over by the cops, they check the trunk and there's a body in the trunk. Meanwhile, you see the creepy girl kind of smiling because she knew that she got away with something. The hippies go to jail for five years. They get out. They're starting their life over. Still they're in love. Still in love. They're starting a health food store. Um, and they are driving a Mustang that they bought together and they see a hitchhiker and like, hey, remember when we used to have to do this? Let's pick them up. Because it always has worked out in the past. Yeah, they're like, well, let's pay it forward. Old habits die hard. Um, they... Pick up this girl. Um, she takes out a gun, kicks them out of the car, and steals the car. Turns out it was the same creepy girl from six years earlier. The cops arrest her. She confesses to the murder once they find fingerprints on the murder weapon. So the story is asking us to believe, is it possible that entrepreneurs mm-hmm. can file the correct paperwork after having felony convictions? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Oh, because they they went on to create the story you know of called Whole Foods. Yeah. It says that. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
Wait, what? Frank's was like, you didn't catch that? I didn't yeah, catch that. Frank's was like, it is a really hippy dippy store. It is. It's a, no, no, that part's not, not true. true. But they spent five years in jail. Yeah, they did. Uh, in a karma way of thinking about yeah. this, they got five years for stealing an apple. Basically, <laughs> no. Yeah. Two apples. Oh, oh, 2.5 years per Two apple. Granny Smith apples, <laughs> oh. and that is worth five fucking years. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. In this it's country, true. it is. I like <laughs> Tiffany's joke that I think everyone missed but me. What? The Granny Smiths are, cost 2.5 years in oh, prison yeah. each. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, heard, I, I heard that. Like, each, each Granny Smith is a 2.5 year yeah. sentence. Well, no, there's two people and there's two people. Granny Smiths, so each apple's five years. Oh. Uh, I'm not good at math. Let's track the math about the apples. <laughs> yeah, let's make a. Susie yeah, has two apples and she's been sentenced for five years. Oh, let's so make this episode more exciting. This reminds me of Moonstruck Beach a little bit in that the woman confesses once the cops find her to the murder. Confessions out of nowhere. See, I always saw that as it's a fact story. There's so many boring details about their trial and the conf- that they just go and they confessed. Instead of taking us mm. on this month-long journey through the, <laughs> the trial, well, just say that there was sufficient evidence and they were found guilty, and that's isn't just that, as isn't quick. That basically, what they're doing? No, they're saying they confess. That's very different. It's so funny the details. End result same. Like in the very first story, I was very on the fence with them saying, like, you know, all that happened is a printout came out in the printer, and then they arrested this guy and he confessed. Why did he confess? There was v- literally no evidence that he killed this woman. I ultimately went fact, but that really was the one thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't bring it up at the time, but that was the one thing like putting me on the fence. Like, why confess when there's no evidence? I know, it seems just, fictiony. It's just so funny because I feel like we've gone through this cycle so many times of what details hold us up. But at right. the end of the day, it seems like no matter what, most details don't matter. Like, you it's know, true. We just, when that, we have to- that much is true. That's so. because only 5% of these are facts. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying the fact-based the fact stories that have contain 5%, 5% of truth? Fiction. Yes, exactly. Yeah, well, that's what Kyle thinks. Um, <laughs> Chicken made with rib meat. All right, guys, let's move on to predictions. Hot car, fact or fiction, Tiffany? I think this is a coincidence-based story, so I'm going to go fact. All right. Um, I, I like this story, actually. Um, I like the fact that it is a five-year-long situation. I like the fact that they are still in love. It's heartwarming. And it is coincidence-based, so I am also going to go fact. Kyle? I think the core of this is very believable, so I'm going to go fact. Okay, Mark? Um, Yeah, I'm going to agree with everything everybody just said and say fact. Chris? Yeah, this story felt like the writers didn't exactly know how to tell the story exactly, so I'm going to go fact, too. All right, we've all locked in our predictions. Let's flip a coin. Fiction. All right, so the coin is predicted fact, 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 fiction. And in a moment, we're going to find out which stories are fact and which are fiction. Stay with us. Chris, we're back in the studio for some more fan mail. Yeah, I heard we got an email and a voicemail. We got an email and a voicemail, but we also got something else going on, don't we? Yeah, we have some guests. We have some guests. Friend of the podcast, Max LaBella. Max, welcome to the Segment 7 Thanks for accepting our uh, invitation weeks ago and planning this out uh, weeks in advance. I've been looking forward to this for a really long time. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. It has nothing to do with the fact that it's Christmas Eve. We had plans already, and uh, you happened to be here when Chris and I forgot to record this segment. That would be horrible planning on our part, so definitely not the case. And we certainly don't have another friend who happens to be here because— Not because of Christmas Eve. Definitely not. No better way to ring in the holiday— then record a podcast. So welcome to the studio, Ashley Walker. Thanks. We're going to read 
an email that someone wrote in. Yes. And we're going to uh, listen to a voicemail. And yeah, we're just, gonna... just like I teased. <laughs> it, it has already been said, yes. Yes, yeah. thank you. Thank you. Got thank it. you. I mean, we're... You know, for the radio listeners that just come in halfway through that segment, <laughs> yeah, that's what I like to right. do. They right. get in at like 29 yeah, seconds. Yeah, they could have skipped 30 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> yeah, they could, yeah, yeah. They could have thought this was yeah. an ad and hit that fast forward <laughs> 30 second button. And right. then you realize it's not and you hit back 30 seconds, but you really lost that second. So you came in a little bit late and that's what that was for. Exactly. A little brief recap. Okay, here's the email. Now, this email comes from Dustin. Dustin does not say where he's from, so he could be from so anywhere. So let's just say uh, Kansas City. Hi, guys. Love the podcast. Huge Beyond Belief Factor Fiction fan. I used to watch it all the time with my dad when sci-fi would play their day-long Beyond Belief marathons, and it's been fun to revisit each episode with you guys. When I was in college, a friend of mine moved into a haunted rental home only two blocks away from where I lived. The activity they reported was small at first. Phantom footsteps, loud knocks, lamps falling over on their own. By the way, that's not small. Wait, just the usual. Just the usual. You know, you know. Activity, yeah, not, gone. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. yeah, like hello, move out. It's just, a rental property. You're renting just, it. Hold on, even like you have a mortgage. Leave. Get out immediately. <laughs> this is also. He could have just said footsteps. Yes, but no, he said phantom footsteps. Yes, to okay. be clear, yeah, footsteps yeah. of a phantom. Yeah. Okay. okay. Let's keep. Uh, All right, Dustin. Apologies. Yeah. All right. Sorry about that. Um, but, <laughs> Kansas but, City. But we just want to say your friend should have moved out immediately. Okay. Yeah. Always having had an interest in the paranormal, a few of us started to collect paranormal equipment and would hold weekly investigations where we would try to contact the spirit. Never no. smart. <laughs> no. Never smart. That's how Just, every bad decision yeah. begins. But there's good news. He says he didn't get the results that they wanted. We started looking up ways we could get a bigger reaction, but nothing would work. We tried calling out the spirit. We tried doing Ouija board sessions. And after nothing resulted in a bigger reaction, one of us decided to Google how to summon a demon. As you do. As wow. You do. Okay. After reading a quick online tutorial, we made our set <laughs> Summoning demons for dummies. Oh, I want this YouTube video. <laughs> we made our quick setup in the corner of the unfinished basement, drew a large pentagram, and lit some candles that we found Jesus, in the kitchen and read the passage that the tutorial no, the recommended. Yeah, you're right. What yeah, kind of candles did you find? Was it like Yankee candles you had in the kitchen? <laughs> stealing, stealing from his mom's <laughs> yeah, bathroom. Exactly. Cinnamon, <laughs> vanilla. Ooh. That's the best way to get a demon, though. They yeah. say cinnamon or vanilla. <laughs> he said, again, nothing happened. After reading more into the ritual we had performed, we realized that we had made a mistake. According to the website we found, the color of the candle actually plays a huge role into which demon you bring through. (laughs) Wait, a witch demon or which demon? Witch demon. Which type of demon? That sounds terrifying. A witch demon? (laughs) There's a pairing to candle color and demon type. So um, he says, we were supposed to use white candles, but we used red, the candles that summon a fire demon. He says... Less than one month later, while my family and I were out for the night, our house completely burned to the ground. The cause of the fire was never explained. The only evidence that the fire investigators found was that the fire had started in my bedroom exactly where my bed would have been. I have chills right now, Dustin. I'm not kidding. That is is a scary story. (laughs) I literally have chills on my arm right now. That's it. Can I just say, um, the only comfort that I get from this story is knowing how difficult it apparently is to, to summon, summon a the demon. correct demon. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You try, you try, you try. Like even you're... people who are trying, <laughs> you know, they still get it wrong. It they did fuck... work and it, they, because like this took some time, obviously. 
less than a month. That's not a lot of time, but it's you not know, how do they know that they did that it didn't work? Yeah, there could have been other things going on that maybe they weren't aware or they weren't attributing to the demon. Maybe yeah. like, oh, someone got in a car right. crash, but yep. like they didn't think that was right. related to the demon. Oh, so every time they're just random people are dying and they're like, this doesn't work. How <laughs> yeah. many bodies are on your freaking shoulders, Dustin? <laughs> right. How many people died many, yeah. by your hands? <laughs> by your hands on that Ouija board planchette moving around the table. How many people needed to die, Dustin? <laughs> Dustin, what have you done? <laughs> Um, well, that's creepy as fuck. Yeah. Gotta say. Great story. Dustin, thank you so much for sending that email in. Uh, let's go ahead and play our voicemail this week. Hi, um, I'm Rebecca, and I'm calling from Boise, Idaho. I guess like the most coincidental and kind of supernatural thing that happened was actually to my mom. So my mom was like around my age in her 20s. She used to go to like a lot of fortune tellers. And this one particular fortune teller told her that she'd marry someone with the last name Ma. She would she would get a little bit fatter. She'd have kids, and the first one would be difficult to have. And apparently told her a lot of other things. And my mom, my mother has told me that everything has come true so far. And she's still, and there's still like more things that have yet to come true, but are coming up pretty soon. All right, thank you. Okay, Chris, what do you think? There's some coincidence-based things in there. Yeah, I here's the thing. I certainly believe in fortune tellers and in psychics. So uh, the idea Ashley that Ashley and Max, where do you guys stand on that just so the audience has some context here? Uh, fortune, fortune tellers, yeah. psychics. No, I I see some You and Chris actually yeah, yeah, we, you yeah, and Chris have actually go gone. Yeah. I mean, I think that of course it has the same thing too. Like you kind of know who's you can get a gauge of who's good and who's not, but it's a really hard 100%. Yeah, no, it's hard there's a lot of fakes there, out there. Yeah, there's a lot of fa- but yes. yes, but yes, I do. Right. I do. I think I think there are people that can be in tune with that mm-hmm. stuff. Otherwise, me. she's just wasted a lot of her money continuing to go with me. You know what <laughs> oh, I mean? Oh no, I'm into it. Yeah. <laughs> she's I'm like, I don't believe a goddamn thing, but you know what? I got money to burn. And uh, <laughs> I will nothing be, but money. <laughs> I will be spending yeah. it. Ashley and Chris have gone to psychics before. Max, what about you? Where are you at in in believing of the psychic uh because we've known each other for a long time, but I don't exactly know. I've never been to a psychic, but I've been told things by Chris and a few other people that make me go, well, there's no way that that person would have just guessed that. Mm-hmm. And Oh, wait, you're, saying, you're not saying Chris has told you predictions about you. No. I haven't been going to the psychic for Max. <laughs> well, yeah, I won't go, but I, yeah, I said Chris is I've proxy. never been to a psychic, but Chris has told me some things, guys. And um, you're saying Chris has told you things that so they've Chris told him. So Chris is your psychic. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yes. but for his own life. Yeah. You're like, I don't believe in psychics. I'm like, you, but Chris is telling you stuff. I don't, maybe you should go to a, a, a vetted source. <laughs> Um, but would you ever go? Like, is that something that you would be interested in doing at some point? I'm just terrified to go. Why? Like they'll tell you something you don't want yeah, to Yeah, I just, and I won't go with someone. Generally, my wife really wants to go with me. I do not want to go with her. Wow. Not that I have things to hide, but I'm worried that the... Uh-huh. the <laughs> <laughs> you walk in, the psychic's like, I've never felt a weirder porn search history in the ether. Um, she's like, ma'am, could you come forward? She's yeah. talking to your wife. <laughs> Come forward. What are we standing at like an altar? And just, I imagine his porn history was just full of women who have already died, <laughs> who have since died, and then she's like bringing them forward. Wait, I I don't know what you're saying, but I I re- got dark. <laughs> oh. 
Okay, reset. <laughs> Take two. Um, see, I, I don't know how the listeners are interpreting that, but I interpreted that as you think Max is looking up dead people porn. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Which, how but, the fuck did you know you are my psychic? <laughs> All right, Rebecca. Well, thank you for uh, calling in uh, with that. Um, it's a crazy thing. I mean, it's hard. I, I Here's think the thing I will say about her story specifically. The name is the name is the name blows me away. Yeah. If you can name, and especially since Ma, it doesn't seem like a very common name. Right, they're more like oh Jones. Right, right, right. Smith. The only Ma that I've ever even heard of is uh, some people Yo-yo call her Ma. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only true. Ma I've ever heard of. You're gonna marry someone named Yo-Yo Ma. Uh, <laughs> a very specific, very niche targeted that would be a dangerous prediction no like people say me oh like mama mama why yeah. would you be marrying your grandma <laughs> well why would your grandmother's last name be me you'd be me me <laughs> yeah it wasn't what? it wasn't someone called me it was someone's last name was me <laughs> All right, Rebecca and Dustin, thank you so much for calling in. Guys, we want to hear from you. Supernatural stories, stories of coincidence, or if you just have questions and you want to ask us what's going on, get in touch. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Beyond Belief Pod. Email info at beyondbeyondbelief.com or give us a call. Leave us a voicemail. This goes this goes right to voicemail. People are like, I don't want to call you and bother you. No, this is a specific voicemail line, 818-254-9876. Rebecca and Dustin. We want to hear everybody's stories. We just want to hear them all. Yeah, absolutely. Anything you guys got. I mean, you're hearing people write in, call in. We want to hear you as well. And uh, Rebecca and Dustin, thank you for calling and writing in. You're going to get free Beyond Belief t-shirts. We will get in touch, get some details from you guys, and uh, send those via the postal mail. We're just throwing these t-shirts out left and right. We're throwing them out left and right. If you call in and write in and we select you, you might also get some merch. This is the internet equivalent of a t-shirt cannon. We're just, <laughs> if we're you just, think about it that way. We're thumping it out. And uh, Max and Ashley, for coming on the show today, you are going to get um, a big old thank you. A big old thank you and all the snacks that we've prepared yes. uh, for Christmas Eve. So, uh, Can I also join on that? I don't know. Mm. What did you do? Mm. Which stories were fact and which were fiction? First story, Moonstruck Beach. This is the one about the writer who went away to a cabin and then saw a dead body, but it was a dead body from a previous time, and then the guy would confess for no reason. Now, as a recap, I think this fact is fact. (laughs) I think this fact is fact. Tiffany, you fact think it is, too. I guess. Mark, Chris, and Kyle, you guys think this is fiction. Let's find out what the truth is. No, we fiction. Oh, that's right. Fiction is. Was this a true story? It's an exercise in creative writing. It's false. Fiction. All right. Even though I got this wrong, I would like to point back to my original argument about the random confession out of nowhere leading me to believe that, that it was matter. fiction. doesn't no. matter. I think it does. I told you. Thank God I don't have to read a book. Wait a second. Know, I'm right? going to push back on this really hard. The <laughs> fact that there was no evidence at all and the fact that a guy confessed for a crime with no evidence, that's not as realistic just, as a story in which they found evidence and then he confesses. But how many stories that are fact are they going to say, have they said the same thing on? That's a great question, but I'm just saying in general, if I told you... In general, yes. You know, if you're I told right. you this story... Yeah, that's all I'm this saying. This isn't real life. But in beyond, beyond belief, belief. <laughs> rules, doesn't matter. I should have gone with my initial gut instinct on this. Yeah, all right. you switched my vote, so it's your fault. Okay, I don't, I'm not taking that responsibility. <laughs> all right, story two, Healing Hands. This is the one about the nurse uh, who saw the... 
husband of the patient, and he's been dead the whole time. Now, everyone <laughs> thinks this story is fact, except me. I'm feeling worse about my prediction now, but let's find out. <laughs> oh, Jesse. Let's started find, this one off on a rough patch. Let's find out what the truth is. You think you've heard a story like this before? You might have. It's true. According to our research, a similar story happened in the Pacific Northwest in the late 80s. Fact. Obviously, who would ever vote fiction on that? <laughs> Be a silly person. Um, Chris? Yeah. Well, there you have me. It. Okay. Let's move on to story number three. This one is called Aspen Sunnyside. Now, this is the one about the uh, unintentional astral projection or the spirit manifesting as the guy. We haven't decided. Uh, <laughs> telling the friend in the bar that the guy's dad has been in an accident. Super straightforward, everyone agrees. I agree. Um, I know, I know. It's not at all. It's very confusing and overly complicated. Let's find out. Jesse, you're getting in your own way this episode. This episode? Where have you been for the past four seasons? Kyle, Mark, and myself think this is fact. Chris and Tiffany think it's fiction. Let's find out what the truth is. Was this story true? Yes. It was based on a similar event that took place around Colorado about 20 years ago. Fact. Mm. 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 Oh, yeah. Guys, how many more episodes do I have to get 100? Um, so we're not counting the... Uh, no, I don't think we are. Did you get a, one wrong, Chris? This one. That one. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it just happened. Oh. I should have known when it was just me and Tiffany. Whoa. Whoa. That was words. uncalled for. That was rude. <laughs> I was on the bandwagon with you. Now I don't want to be on any wagon. I wanted you to say that was uncalled for. That was rude. But I understand where you're coming from. <laughs> Jesse, that was uncalled for, and that was rude. Yeah, my comment was just as bad. Okay, so let's go on to story number four, Nightwalker. This is the one about the vampires living next door that were the victims of identity theft. Mark and myself, we think this actually happened. What were we thinking? Tiffany, Chris, and Kyle, you guys think it's fiction. Maybe we're right about this. We're the only ones. Vampires would have a lot of money, right? Yeah. Yeah, they would. That part's fact. Because they've just lived forever. They put money in Literally, watch it's just it an grow. investment thing. Yeah. They just put it in like an index 500 fund, watch it grow. Sure. Compounding interest, everybody. Let's find out what the truth is. Did a similar story to this one take place? Could be, but we made this one up. Fiction. No, it couldn't be. Okay. It just couldn't be. The balls yes, yes, on the show to put a vampire at the very end of the episode like that. And be like, yeah, of course we made it up. I love it. I you, loved it. I Good want them, them to be like, you think this actually happened? <laughs> You're fucking stupid. <laughs> and it just goes, fiction. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's go to story number five. They know what they're doing. This one is called Hot Car. This is the one about the woman who had a body in her trunk. Her car was stolen. They were convicted for five years and ultimately got, you know, a little karmic revenge. We all think this is fact, though. We're all in how we yeah. feeling? How we feeling now about feeling that? Okay. I'm feeling great. Okay. I honestly think that it's going to be fiction because I feel like a female serial killer probably would have been heard about. Oh my right? gosh, if I hear one more uh, yeah. person use this excuse as to why it's Hold fact. on, guys, but guys, there are guys, very there's few no evidence, There's cases. no evidence to suggest she's a serial killer. She could have killed yeah. one person. All right, then I'm feeling good. <laughs> <laughs> Let's find out what the truth is. Did you guess it was true? You're right. The story spans a five-year period covering locations from Northwest California to Eastern Canada. Fact. 
because the story is so crazy with the time span, I think that there's going to be some real evidence out there for a research episode. All on right, this I, one. I'll give Hot Car a and circle. Just go to Google and type in Hot Car, see what yeah, happens. We also have a three fact, two fiction episode. Oh, well, 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 three fact, two fiction. That's Kyle's forte. Sweet. Let's find out if Kyle actually forte his way into a victory here. Did anyone only get one story correct this week? Did anyone get only two stories correct this week? Yeah, me. God, you really suck at this. I have a strategy. I have a strategy for next week. Opposite? Maybe. (laughs) Shut up, Mark. But I have a new strategy I'm going to employ. Uh, Did anyone get three correct this week? I did. Tiffany, rising above uh, the average two. Fantastic. Yeah, which, let's not make fun of twos out of fives, guys. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> I know. Certainly, I'm not. <laughs> Pointed to Mark. Wait, what's Fantastic. your new strategy going to be? Can you give us a hint? It's going to be go with the opposite of my instincts. Okay. <laughs> Literally. And we'll see. Uh, that'll probably end up resulting in a two as well. Uh, did anyone get four correct this week? Ayo. Moi. Oh, wow. Fantastic. Uh, Mark and Chris. But wait a second, Kyle. Did you also get four? I think your new tactic should be to just vote the way I vote. 100%. Oh. oh, my goodness. Damn it. Now, hold on a second. When would that have helped me? Not on story one, because I went before you. <laughs> I went after you on story two. I went after you on story three. I went before you on story. This would certainly have helped me on a few of these stories. Okay. Okay. How many fucking hundreds have you gotten? Do you want one, Chris? I, I got enough. I would. You <laughs> I can't just do love that. It. You can, lo- you can loan them a hundred. We'll allow one I more. Really I won't carry one them anymore. My backpack is full. This is like someone who wins like four Oscars, and you're just like, no. Calm down, I Meryl Streep. I get yeah, it. Meryl Kyle, and you, a kind person. you are the Meryl Streep of this podcast. We've been saying it for years, and the proof is in the acting. <laughs> we've, so. we've never said that before. Well, you know, off camera, I think. Um, I can tell you guys that the coin got two correct. 40%. <laughs> what a fucking idiot. So annoying. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right, guys. Thank you all for listening. And until next week, this is Beyond Beyond Belief. Beyond Beyond Belief is produced by five friends living in Los Angeles. Our theme song was written for this podcast by David Russo, who composed music for the original series. Our introduction is voiced by Mark Winston. If you liked our podcast, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app and tell a friend. All audio clips are strictly for educational commentary and are copyright their original creators. You can send feedback, questions, or share your own story that is Beyond Belief by visiting our website at beyondbeyondbelief.com, as well as find our show notes. And if you want to find us on social media, we are at Beyond Belief Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks for listening. Kyle, what happened to your Kyle, finger? are you okay? <laughs> I was just like rubbing my finger and I didn't realize it was so close to the leg of the table and I let the finger go and it like smacked into the table oh, and I yeah. hurt my finger. Your oh. eyes have kind of welled up with tears. Is it? Did it hurt really it hurt bad? Really oh, bad. man. Kiss my boo-boo. Does anyone want to kiss his boo-boo? <laughs> uh, veto. No, it's goes. Jesse. I had a, I had a pen in my hand. Uh, I guess Jesse. I'll be kissing the boo-boo. <laughs>